The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. A safe place to work out the kinks in any relationship. It's Passion with CGAD 800's Dr. Lori Batito. It seems that the pandemic is making divorce a bigger nightmare for many people. Coming up after 10.15, Maître Linda Hammerschmidt joins us to answer your questions. And uh, we'll find out all kinds of stuff because uh, lots of people are in the dark or this is a new situation for many. And uh, especially when it comes to custody and moving children back and forth and all of that and what's happening with the courts. And there's all kinds of questions to be uh, to be answered tonight and hopefully she will have those answers for you. So get your questions ready for Maître Linda Hammerschmidt who will join us after 10:15. But first, time to check out our inbox. Your texts are always welcome. Connect with Passion at 514-800. Text me, email me, let me know how you're doing, let me know how you're feeling. You can do that anytime throughout the show, um, outside of the show. I'm happy to speak with you. I wonder how is your day today. For me, it's day nine of self-isolation. Um, had a few uh, FaceTime clients, did did some artwork, exercised, watched a bit of Netflix, and the day just seems to fly uh, fly by. I also want to do some shout outs to uh, companies and people who are spreading kindness and joy. Uh, and the one for today for me is uh, what I've been seeing online goes out to Ryan Blau of PBL Photography. What he's doing is um, he, it's called hashtag front step project. So he's not getting anywhere near you, but he's going to people's front steps and taking beautiful family shots and then you make a donation to a charity of your choice. So big shout out to Ryan Blau of PBL Photography. If there are any shout outs for you, uh, let me uh, let me know. Texture writes, hi, Dr. Lori, I just felt the need to get this out there. With the severe shortage of protective equipment for healthcare workers, Walmart opened a box of masks, then charged $15 for each individual mask to take advantage of people's desperation. How low can you go? So that's uh, not a kudos, but goes the other way. I felt like puking when I, wi- when I witnessed this. Uh, yeah, that's kind of uh, sad, actually. That that's uh, that's not cool. But I saw a um, you know those paper masks. They're pretty useless anyway. But you can make your own at home. And obviously, I, it was a do-it-yourself thing that I saw with uh, paper towels and, and elastics. And I imagine they would be just as effective as those paper ones. But if you're gonna really use a mask, you have to use those fancy. I don't know what masks, but most of the doctors that I'm hearing are saying that unless you're the one who's sick, you don't need a mask. So I, it's it's a bit confusing, but people are kind of panicking when it comes to uh, to do that. All right. Uh, good day, Dr. Laurie. I just wanted to reach out and say thank you for all you do. Thank you. I've struggled with porn-induced ED for some time, recovered from it once, but after that relationship dissolved, I found myself solo for almost two years and fell back. 
had several failure to launches with a few partners and started to recover with a great partner I was very into. Unfortunately, I think she has moved on and I was struggling with the urge to watch porn again. I've been trying to limit all masturbation to really get back to my senses and get out of my head. Instead of watching any porn this morning, I found the podcast you recorded with Asa Akira, which is, by the way, um, on Pornhub. Uh, I did a um, podcast with this uh, famous uh, porn star uh, and listened to it at work. It was an immense help and gave me quite the confidence boost to keep on the right track. Just to put people in perspective, she interviewed me, so I was talking about performance anxiety and all kinds of other issues that people face. Uh, and not fall back into the virtual stimulation and the revolving negative effects it has on me. I contacted and had a session with a sex therapist two weeks ago that was very beneficial. However, I find it very awesome to be able to listen and follow you on social media to keep myself on the right track and to be mindful. I feel like I can get over this circumstance and move on and find another lady friend and have great sexual experiences. Thanks for everything. Stay well. Well, thank you. Thank you for that feedback and letting me know how you're managing this issue, but it seems like you're managing it um, quite well. 514-800, if you have uh, any thoughts, any uh, any questions, any comments about, uh, obviously, how you're handling the pandemic, how you're handling your isolation um, are you feeling anxious? Are you feeling less anxious as time goes on? Are you feeling more anxious? Uh, talk to me. I'm here uh, for you. And after 10.15, Maître Linda Hammerschmidt will be joining us as well. And uh, d- just to help us along with uh, other people's questions that, ha- that have to do with, with custody and um, especially like the, the, the visitation and trusting your, your ex-partner and like, how do you make all of this uh, this work? So I know that people have a lot of concerns about that. So if you do have concerns, then uh, absolutely, please uh, please send them send them our way. Uh, let's see. Hello, Dr. Lay. I have a son who very recently turned 14. For maybe the last six months, I've noticed sperm stains on his sheet. At first, I just thought it was usual kid masturbation and left a box of Kleenex on his night table. Being the kid, he's using a wastebasket is asking a lot. I cleaned his room, swept the floor and under his bed just a few days ago this morning while he was out playing. I did a little cleanup again in his room. The balls of Kleenex under his bed were too many to count. I noticed he goes into his room often, shuts the door, and I've eavesdropped and can hear him doing his thing. As I guess uh, I would say he does it four or five times a day, maybe more. Should I discuss this with him or let him continue and just leave him alone? I was going to ask my ex about this, but he is the kind of guy that it is best not to say anything, not to embarrass my son. Also, I want you to know that I love your show, your guests, and your passion poet. Uh, is the poet a songwriter? He is not. I don't believe so. Uh, your guest two nights ago also loved his poem, and she herself, like yourself, are professionals is in psychology, is the poet too. That I can definitely tell you he is not in the field of psychology. Uh, you may not know it, but you have helped me in so many ways in the last few years I have listened to your show. Let me put it this way. My divorce could have been a long legal battle, but you showed both me and my ex that it does not have to be, and now we have a great relationship and are friends and bringing kids up together. Well, that's nice to hear. Uh, so first, um, in terms of your your son, so 14-year-old masturbating four or five times a day, 
I would say probably quite normal. The only conversation I would have with him though is what is he doing while he's doing this? Is he, does he have access to porn in his room? So that you need to, we need to make children porn literate, meaning that we have to make them be critical thinkers of the kinds of stuff that they're watching. Otherwise, he will have years of watching this without uh, recognizing or realizing that this is pure fantasy. And uh, so conversations around porn should be had, especially with uh, a, a horny teenager. So uh, because you got to wonder what, what else is happening. It, like it, we know statistically that kids that age are, in fact, accessing porn and partly because they can, right? They've got their smartphones, their tablets in their room, their computers in their room. So either put on some, um, have a talk about, about it with him, of course, but also put on some controls, some parental controls, which might also be, um, a good idea. Um, lots of questions still coming up. So uh, we're going to get to your legal questions after 10, 15, and then, uh, you know, tomorrow at the beginning of the show, I'll get to some, some of your other kinds of questions as well, because I know people still have them. Uh, so I don't want to leave you hanging for far, for too, too long with those. So coming up, uh, Maitre Linda Hammerschmidt discusses how the divorce, how, uh, how the pandemic is making divorce sometimes a bigger nightmare and what can be done about that. That's coming up after we check traffic with Lauren Glazer. From the pleasure and the politics to the hang-ups and the heartbreak, you're listening to Passion, CJD 800. Is the pandemic making divorce a bigger nightmare? And for some, divorce is already a nightmare. Uh, is this uh, uniting divorce couples or is this causing more conflict. To answer your questions, Maitre Linda Hammerschmidt joins us. She's a family law attorney, and you've been kept busy, I know, on CJD answering people's questions at all hours. <laughs> well, it's always fun to be with you guys. Well, we appreciate uh, the time you're giving to our community, so that's really, really important. Um, well, you- where else am I going to go? I'm stuck at home like everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. That's a good point. Well, uh, so what do you think is happening? Because I'm hearing from a lot of people and just listening to the radio and when you were on with previous uh, hosts, uh, how people are, are so confused or afraid or conflicted or it's causing some uh, some extra conflict because, you know, one parent doesn't know what the other parent is doing with the kids and it, everybody's a bit on edge. So all, all great for family law lawyers. Yes. Oh yeah. You're going to be very busy after this pandemic. I have a feeling very uh, I busy. I hope not, but <laughs> yeah, I know. Except, you know, we've been talking about too, and, and uh, tomorrow night we're going to be talking about the effects on relationships. And, um, I, th- I have a feeling we're going to see a lot of divorces after all of this as well. So, or, or, or murders. Or, yeah, let's hope not. Let's hope it doesn't get that far. One way or another, you'll need a lawyer. Uh, yes, that's quite true, but you're not going to do those murder trials anyway. No, absolutely Right. Not. So here's a question for you. I have a question about child visitation rights during all of this. 
My agreement with the kid's father is he has supervised visits at my house. He has been going to work and not respecting the social distancing rule and is not taking it seriously. Am I allowed to not allow him in the house for the visits to protect the health of the children? I don't want to let this impact the kids, but no matter how much I told him to stay safe and clean and take it seriously, he won't respect it and is insisting on me letting him come bring his potential virus into the home. I have a small baby and toddler, just to clarify the situation, both of an age where they don't understand what's going on in the world right now and to not put daddy's fingers in their mouth, etc., and he won't respect that rule either. I don't know what is the right thing to do. Please share your thoughts and opinions. Well, that's a very interesting question, uh, particularly since the supervision is being done in-house with the mother present as opposed to a third-party neutral uh, situation, which in light of the events that we're now facing, the supervised access facilities are closed. So there's that as an issue for people. Okay. Um, you know, it depends. I have no idea what kind of work this, this father does, and uh, I would find out if it falls into the categories of that which the Legault government has said are non-essential and therefore should be closed down. And I would call the employer's office and find out what, if anything, they're doing, and if you don't get an answer, you know they're closed. So is he really going to work? I mean, does she follow him? How do how do we know that he's mm. actually going to work as opposed to she's saying he goes to work or he's saying he goes to work just to bother her? You know, people are not adults. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. And separated situation. And at a time when uh, parents, regardless of their matrimonial uh, situation, need to cooperate and find mutual areas uh, to agree upon for the children, not for them, for the children, because the access is, in fact, the right of the child, not, the, you know, the right of the parent, per se. So uh, if she can't get something, uh, uh, I don't want to say written down, but if she can't get something from the employer as to whether or not this person is or isn't going, I mean it an essential service or not, um, I would uh, tell her that the access is going, I would tell her to tell him that the access is going to be suspended for two weeks, Mm -hmm. and if he continues to go to work during those two weeks, uh, then then that may be extended, just like we're all told that depending on what happens Mm -hmm. by April the 13th, our quarantines will be, uh, uh, you know, continued. The other possibility, and it's not like I'm recommending it, but it's, it's an option, is if this person is supposed to be not going to work and there's absolute confirmation that he is going to work, I pick up the phone and call 911. Mm-hmm. Because people are being arrested for not following this law. It started as a, you know, Canadians, and we're all great, and right. we're all, you know do what, you know, was being suggested by the government. And now right. across the board and worldwide, countries, are uh, the governments are saying, either you listen to us, you're going to jail. Right. I think part and of I the problem... And I posted something just earlier that, depending on who you are, I guess, and 
uh, you know, people traveling back. Fines can go up to, I'm not saying this is going to happen to this guy, $750,000. What? Oh, wow. Plus jail. Okay. So it could be the 750. I, I don't have the details of uh, that in front of me at the moment. Could be that that's a fine for a company that doesn't abide by the law. Right. Uh, although I but, have, I have to say, what I got from her this this email was very much like his attitude. It, you know, there there are still people out there. Oh yeah, yeah. That, who, that, that don't think it's uh, seriously to right. Pay attention, having parties. Uh, you know, uh, going from, as I, I read, uh, going from coming home from the airport and going directly to a grocery store. Right. You know, and right. uh, passing along uh, whatever germs they're carrying uh, on the way. Especially because you have all the snowbirds coming in as well. And, and well, th- exactly. They need, yeah, that's that's. It, it was really odd because I have to say myself, I went to the grocery store this morning, and luckily I went fairly early and <laughs> have... Red X's on the floors, I guess, in anticipation if there's a lot of people lineups where which people are should stand apart. The the red X's and they have one door completely uh, barricaded off so that you have to go a certain direction, and the other one you know, they've closed it so you can't go out the indoor and so on and so forth. Right, and then there's people at the front of the store making sure at the wagon area. That you've washed your hands. I I went in with the hospital gloves, gloves right. so the guy didn't bother me. Right, and and then <laughs> there was a lineup to go out. It, but I have to say, I was at a Provigo and it went very quickly. But by the time I got out of the store, there was a line of people six feet apart okay. going around the entire building of Provigo. Wow. Yeah, I. <laughs> it, it all looked like. I'm going to myself, I'm having a flashback had I lived in the time that these are food lineups yes. you know, for the depression. Yes, yes so exactly. So I, I was flabbergasted. I almost was uh, going to take a picture, but then I said, no, I won't do that. But uh, I, it's a whole other world we're living in. You know, it, it really is, and I know my husband had to go get food, and he went to Tao, which is a really big health food store. He waited till. Uh, he found out what time they closed. He waited to go in about 10 minutes before closing, waited in the car to see that everybody left, and he was the only <laughs> car left, and then he went in. <laughs> well, he's lucky because people could have been there, and he would the store would have closed and not let him in. So it's yeah, well, lucky for him that that worked out. They, yeah, they let him in. But but he, And in one store, he said he, it made him panic. He kept holding his breath because there were people coming too close, and he was like, ah! And, and I'm hearing this from a lot of people. A lot oh, of yeah. oh yeah, oh yeah. It's, it's, yeah, and you don't think about that second nature. It's not our second nature to figure out where you're standing. No, and, you know, no. take your place on an X and follow a line and go on and on. I know. And, and, and God forbid you let somebody touch your credit card and the plastic glasses in front of everything. I feel like I'm. I don't know. I know. I know. Uh, let's see. Somebody says, "Do you? If any of you." If any of your family members are not listening to the rules, do you have the right to keep them out of your house? <laughs> wow, that's like your wife isn't following the rules. You want to kick her out? I, I don't know. How do you do that? Well, <laughs> the only person that I don't know which family members are talking about because they didn't say husband or wife or whatever, and if they're minors, you're going to get in yourself trouble if you kick your kid out, but then right. your kid should be in the house anyway, and 
you should have a bit more control over your children, so it shouldn't be them. Yeah. Uh, and if it's a husband and wife, nobody except a judge has the legal right to uh, uh, expose uh, a married spouse from their house, regardless. Doesn't mean that people won't do it, because as I just said 10 minutes ago, people don't act properly. <laughs> which is why they, you know, end up getting divorced or separated or the world is in the situation since today. Hi, <sighs> this is a tough time, a tough time. Yeah, there's no hope for any of us, but it's Oh, okay. stop that. Don't be a Debbie Downer. You know me, no. Yeah, you know I know me. you, I know the you. Jane Goodall uh, uh, <laughs> follower of eradication of the human species. Is, you, know. <laughs> you just want to live in the jungle with animals, I know, I know. Well, I, I was very, <laughs> very, very mad at Eve way back when I was a child in, like, grade one, because I blamed her for me not being able to walk in the gardens alongside lions. Oh. I was really mad at her. <laughs> I really haven't gotten over it either. No, it seems so, and your love <laughs> of animals has really stayed, which is uh, so interesting. Do you know any? You have animals, so I'm wondering, because people have been asking, too, about um, animals uh, being either contracting it, passing it on, or how long it lives in their fur, whatever. I figured you would know. Well, lives in their fur. First of all, animals are not necessarily going to contract it like that. But the other day, I was walking Max down the road, and there was another couple coming with their golden retriever, and they're, like, waving me off because she's just come back from I don't know where, and apparently she has the virus. Ah. And so my first is like, what the hell are you doing out Outside, on the street? Right. Oh, I'm getting stir crazy at home. Who gives a damn? Go home. Right. So I, yeah. I wrote subsequently the next day a polite email to say, maybe with people getting arrested, if you want some air, just sit on your balcony. Exactly. Stay off the damn street. Exactly. Met so Melinda. Yeah. To answer your question, they didn't want me to pat their dog, and they didn't want my right. dog to go close to their dog. Absolutely. In case given whatever to the dog. Exactly. Met Melinda Hammerschmidt is my guest tonight. She answers your question, your difficult question, uh, questions when it comes to custody and divorce and all of this, and what's happening to people now, especially people who are in the middle of a divorce or trying to get a divorce or trying to get a court date or I don't know what. But there's all kinds of questions she's here to answer. Right now, let's check in with the CJD 800 Newsroom. Passion with Dr. Lori Batido on CJD 800. Metrolinda Hammerschmidt joins us tonight and is answering your questions. A lot of unknowns in this uh, during this crisis. Uh, a lot of new situations that I'm sure courts and lawyers and people are all trying to uh, figure out. One question, Linda, is should we modify the 50-50 custody um, and should it be two weeks, two weeks instead? I've heard that mentioned a few times because of the two-week isolation or what have you. Well, first of all, one has to remember that uh, courts are not hearing cases at the moment. Okay. So if you have an agreement or a court order already in place that specifies whatever it specifies, you can't just, unless you have the consent of the other parent, modify it at this point in time. So you'd be in breach of it. Nothing can per- perhaps happen in the immediate uh, future, but down the road, if you are... Uh, hindering somebody's uh, access to their child, 
it will come back to bite you down the road once this uh, pandemic uh. is uh, hopefully terminated and not that far off. So this future. wouldn't trump it? This, this wouldn't... Uh, uh, yes, like... but, but people can't be judges. They can't right. render rulings. So unless you have the agreement to... To modify two weeks, two weeks, okay, or one so you, month, one month, whatever it is, right? Then you you are breaking a court order. And but if, it, Linda, if you have what? mutual consent, that's okay. Yeah, and not verbal people. Oh. If you have a consent, put it down in writing. Everybody sign. Make a photocopy. Each party has one. Okay. So that you can't say because I've heard too many times the last three decades. Well, uh, we agreed to that. Well, do you have something in writing? No. And the person, the other person is no longer respecting whatever that agreement was. Try to prove that you had that agreement. Right. Okay. So, uh, right. There's a texter that wrote, there was a lawyer on CBC News discussing custody of kids where the dad gets kids on weekends or whatever. Some moms do not want to give kids because of the virus. Lawyers stated that a court order is a court order. Interesting well, issue. People have to be reasonable. So unless one of the two parents or the child or children in question have contracted the virus, have just returned from a trip, are showing symptoms but have not yet been diagnosed, then you have to err on the side of caution. But to use the virus as a bolster for parental alienation may fly in the short term because nobody really can do anything about it quickly in a courtroom. But it will be a motive to completely change custody and give it to the other parent who was denied. So unless you want to put yourself in that kind of a battle, don't be an idiot. Be right. a parent in the best interest of your child. Right. And your child has a right to have both parents unless so, there's some really radical reason why access should be, uh, you know, right. curtailed, supervised, or stopped. Do you know and that's not going to happen without a court order? So a texter says, "I heard the government has recommended that the kids stay longer with the primary parent." Have you heard what the government recommendations okay. are on this? Again, they can recommend anything they want, but if there's a court order in place, that's the law of the land between the parties. Right. So unless they want to write up another little doctrine agreement that says for the next two weeks, two months, whatever it is, as long as people are being, uh, have to stay off the streets and out of the stores and et cetera, uh, that will change it and here's the new system, only temporary and sign it. Well, then, it, until the government, like, for example, at the beginning of all of this, as, as I said earlier, the government was recommending that people self-isolate. Right. Now, now the health minister of Canada has said that they're going to use the Quarantine Act uh, to uh, to impose a mandatory self-isolation for 14 days. If you have the symptoms, you just come back. And failure, and I'm reading this, failure to comply with the order is an offense under the Quarantine Act with maximum penalties including, I was right, a fine up to $750,000 and or, so it's and, imprisonment for six months. Mm -hmm. So people, don't take the law into your own hands. Listen to what's being told. It's a law. Laws are not recommendations. There's laws, there's mandatory orders, and then there's, well, you know, we'd like you to do this. Right. Big difference. 
Right. So right now, this is the recommendations of the government that in terms of, of, of visitation and custody. But again, you're saying but the again, orders... You can't have a, a one one recipe fits all cases right. idea. So if there's two healthy parents and the kids are healthy, there's no reason that they can't go from point A to point B, hopefully in a car, not mm-hmm. a public transportation. Right. <laughs> and, uh, and they can get and see the other parents. If one of the parents are sick, if one of the children is sick, then put it to place at least Skyping, uh, messaging, right. where the FaceTime, whatever needs to be done, because the other parent who can't have access for a period of time is still entitled to have contact with their child. Right. What if think of it this way, people. Would you like it if the other party did it to you? Right. And if your answer is no, then you shouldn't be doing it to them. But what if you know, like it comes back to that first situation, like what if you know that, that that other parent has not been isolating, has had contact with others? And okay, so, but as, as I said already about that, that example, is how do we know that she knows? Is she following the guy around? Or is he telling her or other people telling her? And just because other people tell you doesn't mean that it's true. So unless you have 100% guaranteed proof that this person has been going to work and shouldn't be because it's not an essential service, Mm -hmm. that's something else. But there's a lot of factors that have to be weighed in before that takes place. But if the person is disobeying an order of the government, if you can manage to find enough documentary uh, physical evidence about that, then as I said, call the police. Okay, so bottom line is, if it's mutual, get it in writing. Mutual consent in writing, that's the ideal situation. Please put your kids first. That's what uh, one texter wrote. It's like, you know, parents should be putting their kids' health uh, first, of course. Um, Yes, they should put the health first, but they shouldn't be using this pandemic to block somebody's access. Right. On on the supposed, you know, I'm, I'm protecting a child from... Whatever. Right. Let's just remember the flu kills more people so far than this this virus has. Right. And kids go to school with the flu all the time. So some parent believes that the flu's okay to let you at the door, but not this thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Point taken. Uh, question for you. My ex stopped paying his share for our son who lives with me since March 2019 when divorce settlement went through. My son turned 18 in August 2019. I have a friend whose children are in their 20s plus years and their spouse still contributes. What is the age when they are not required to pay alimony anymore? I went through a trauma and all I want was my peace. I didn't really know how hard things would be as a single parent. So he stopped paying his share for the son who lives with her. Well, first of all, uh, I don't know from what you've just read whether the people were married or whether they were just living together and had a child and then they separated. Because the law is that for for people who are not married, support theoretically ends at 18. However, that doesn't mean that it's going to end absolutely. Okay. And uh, one can still apply to have that continued during, for example, university education, uh, okay. And if they're in full-time attendance and they're not independent uh, yet and working full-time. If you're married, <clears throat> it just doesn't stop because the child turns 18, unless, again, there's a court order or the parties agree to it or the 
and even if the child has ceased going to school and is working full-time, as long as there's an order out there, it has to be canceled by a court okay. in order for the stop payment to be effective. And if there is an order providing that there's payment for this child and it hasn't been paid, then you call the preceptor's office and you have him seized. Okay. Thank you for that. Um, if you have any questions for Maitre Linda Hammerschmidt, she's with us until 11 p.m. So get them in if they're about custody, any any issues relating to divorce. Uh, she's here to answer them. Right now, let's check in with Lauren Glazer at the CGA D800 Traffic Desk. This is Passion on CJD 800. Metro Linda Hammerschmidt joins us. You've got a bit of time left to get your questions in. Uh, Metro Hammerschmidt, this person writes in, is a person, I don't know if you have the answer to this one, but is a person obligated to go to an essential service job where physical distancing is not observed? Public transit is the only way to get to work, and this person is in a household with an immune-compromised child. Well, even if it's an essential service, uh, I don't know which one that might be, uh, it's possible to ask your employer to do your job from home under the circumstances. I don't know if the job that's being done, it's feasible to do that. Right. Um, and an employer shouldn't, has an obligation not to put their employees in harm's way. So... Either the person has to take a lot of precautions going to work, like wearing plastic gloves and a mask and mm-hmm. swimming around suit. in Purell, <laughs> right? Or or choose to stay home, lie to the government for the uh, funding, and uh, <clears throat> the person, the employer, uh, counters by supposedly laying you off or firing you. You'll certainly have a good a case. case down the road in a courtroom. Right. Uh, for, uh. Like a nom du travail kind of thing? Yeah, nom right. du travail, human rights, uh, pick yeah, a, pick a courtroom yeah. once it's open. Makes sense. Another, uh, related, uh, to businesses. Some businesses. But, but, but I just what? opened the door here. While, of course, the virus is different, but the person had the job before this happened and people go to work all the time and they're sick and they pass germs along. So what has the person been doing? during that time and going home to a a child who has an immunization problem. I mean, you could pass any sorts of germs on regardless of of this virus that could be (laughs) serious or fatal. Right. But nonetheless, this one, well, this one clearly seems to be more serious. So I don't know. But I won't won't debate that one. Mercer's fatality rate was 34%, and this is like 0.2%. Right, right. Right, so what you're you're saying is we have to put things in perspective as well. Yes, we have to try anyway. (laughs) With facts. Uh, Some businesses are refusing to take cash. Is that even legal? Uh, I think under the circumstances, yes, because certainly the government knows that various businesses are putting up the plexiglass screens in front of their employees at cash register uh, situations. 
And if you have cash, then certainly you have a debit card. So uh, really, that's making a mountain out of a molehill, and that's not cooperating in this situation when we're all supposed to be trying to do better. Right. And another text writes, I just spoke to a friend going through this because of this subject on your show. They agreed that father will get extra time with kids after this is all done. Parents get along and have three kids. That's a lovely compromise, actually. <laughs> yeah, make sure he should make sure that it's in writing. Okay, once again in because, writing. Because, you know, it's easy to say something and three months down the road, oh, I never said that, I, I didn't right. really mean it. No, you can't. Right, exactly. So here's another uh, situation. Um, the mother, a mother does not want the children to go to their fathers because she feels it's too dangerous to have the children leave home at all. Does that mean well, there could be a four or five months of no contact between the father and the children? Potentially, if that's what they're doing, if they never wanted their kids well, to leave of the all, house. first it's not justified just because this is happening, as I said before. It's perfectly capable to put them in a car from point A to point B, if neither parent are sick, if the children aren't sick, and the other parent <clears throat> is it, not taking them uh, in close proximity to, I don't know, visiting right. people in the hospital or whatever, right? Uh, it's not reasonable, and that will come back to bite that person okay. down the road, even if the person, you know, and a change of custody could ensue. So okay. if you want to really play those kind of games, then beware of the circumstances that you're, and you're, and you're depriving your children of their, of their father, father. and right. that's wrong right exactly exactly all right here's a situation uh probably the last one hi dr Larry, i will try and make this short as possible my husband and i are divorced but he had let my son and myself live in a house that he owned past the divorce we have occupied for two years now but now he sold it and we were fine with having to leave for June 1st. But that was before this stuff with the virus started because our new place to live in was supposed to be ready for June 1st. But now the builders have told us we can't move in until August. So we have tried to reach out to the new owners of the house we are in now that my ex used to own. And they are saying they don't care. They want their house on June 1st. Do we have any rights to stay where we are because we can't move into our new place and my ex has no say anymore also. I don't know if you can answer that or not, but... Well, there's a lot of information, questions I would ask, like what the heck did the agreement or the order say about being able to stay in the house and when you could, uh, when the person, was there an actual time limit that was set in a, an agreement or a judgment that said you could sell it on this date regardless of, you know, whatever's going on? And certainly in this particular case, it is an unusual situation. I, I'd be curious to know because I've heard it in other areas, not necessarily right here, but I'm sure it might come, that you can't even get a mover. Wow. So the people that are moving to the new house, unless they're carrying their furniture themselves, may have a problem moving. And the other people who don't have a, a built place yet, so... Uh, this this would classify as an urgent situation that their lawyers can deal with mm -hmm. in a courtroom that's being uh, handling that kind of a thing. And so I would go and ask for either uh, a lump sum from Monsieur who sold the house, obviously he just got some money, to be able to put them up in temporary lodging. Oh, yes, that's a good plan. Mm -hmm. uh, and pay for the move or whatever, because uh, depending on how this sale came about, if he did it out from under them or if it was foreseen, I don't know. But nonetheless, nobody could have predicted 
that when they were this. planning to move uh, voluntarily. So yeah. it's obvious that uh, they would have gone. So, but this is extraordinary, and I think this qualifies as an interim urgent order. Right. Brian writes uh, to Linda, COVID-19 will not infect dogs, but the virus can live on fur for three hours. That is why... I I read that message, Brian. That's why I I said... Not to pet other dogs. A little hand, a finger up, sort of a sign on your message. Yes. In fact, I saw, I was walking, uh, I took a walk today with, you know, I made sure I kept my distance. But the other day when I was taking a walk, I saw a cluster of young people and they were walking by, and my neighbor has a beautiful Samoyed, beautiful dog, who was sticking his head out like a slat in the in the fence. And all four of these kids or teenagers were petting the dog and playing with the dog. And I saw her today, and I said, by the way, you might want to cover, not let your dog have access to people because... It's your dog that's, you know, and then on to you. So yep, people yep. Aren't, aren't being really conscious about this kind of stuff, but they really should. Oh, well, people think it's, you know, oh, the government's making more out of it than the necessary or whatever. And half the time they can listen to <laughs> down south of us and that idiot, who, <laughs> you know, <laughs> only a week or two ago was saying that it's, uh, it's, it's going to be over by oh, yeah. uh, April uh, or. <laughs> April, <laughs> mid-April, and uh, malaria pills will fix it, and it's the right. fake news and whatever. So, you know, I there's know. a lot of people with that mindset, unfortunately, right. running around. A lot of uncertain times. Uh, someone asked cats as well. It's on fur, animal fur, so cats, dogs, yes. You have your to. Squirrel. Uh, your squirrel. Your squirrel. Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> Plus the rabies. Uh, yes. Linda, thank but you. Parents, please, please be reasonable. Yes, you're, you're causing yourself headaches down the road, and you're doing no favors for your children. Right. You may think you're protecting them, but if there's no valid reason, just because there is a problem out there, doesn't mean that transporting them to the other parent is going to make them ill. So right. Thank you for that. Heads. Linda, your common sense is always appreciated here on the program. Hopefully by next month we can actually see each other in a studio. Uh, (laughs) I don't think so, but maybe. Who knows? Who knows? Thank you very much. Do appreciate it. All right. Stay well. Since you too, stay safe, stay well. Uh, Thank you all for your questions and for listening to us tonight. Thanks to our technical producer, Nicole. You can connect with me on social media at Dr. Lori Batito or to my website, drlori.com, where you can find the podcast of all the past shows as well. Coming up next here on CJD, we bring you the CTV National News. Have a great rest of the evening. Stay safe and remember to live your life with passion. <laughs>